some exceptional worship today, just being reminded um, why we gather, why we do what we do, to lift his name high. Uh, I know you guys all came uh, to kind of hear what we're going to what we're going to share and what we're going to talk about today. Uh, but I just want to open up our time with just a moment of prayer. Um, and I would ask you to just join me as we pray together. Our Father in heaven, we just thank you so much that we have the opportunity to call you Father, uh, that we get to gather in this place today, uh, that we get to sing songs that remind us uh, why we're able to do it, because you were willing to give everything uh, so that we might experience relationship with you. So God, I just pray that today you would affirm to us that you are the leader of our church, that you are the one that guides our steps and our paths. Now, Father, that we, our response is to just humbly walk behind you. Father, as we share some powerful things today, some things that have been years in the making, God, we know that for us these might be huge things, but for you they are small things, things that you will use for the sake of your kingdom. May we always keep your kingdom in the front of everything that we share today. Father, would you just guide us lead us and protect us as we step into this exciting and scary new vision. Father, just thank you for every person that's here today. Thank you for people who are watching online. God, we just offer a prayer right now. There's so many among our church that are sick, so many that are hurting and are struggling. And we pray for healing. We pray for presence. We pray uh, that you would do mighty things so that we might give you the testimony that we might affirm that you are God that you are doing great things in this room. So please bless our time today. Please watch over us and guide us. Bless our families, our marriage, our church. We ask this all through Jesus and the church together said, amen. So we're talking about uh, uh, Shift 22 today, and no doubt uh, some of you have already seen kind of some of the videos that we're going to show. And um, we've got this presentation whittled down just you know, a couple of hours. So, uh, so sit tight. We're gonna we're gonna do great. Um, we're gonna be talking about this uh, this week, next week. Th- the two weeks are gonna look a little different, but we're gonna share. The first thing about this is you should have got a text if you're part of our member group that has some uh, place for you to ask some questions. You probably got a link. There's also a QR code that we're gonna put on the screen here that uh, that you're gonna be able to ask your questions, and we're gonna answer some of these at the end of our time today. Uh, we're going to share with you, and if you're online, uh, there should be a, a website I- with this as well, uh, so that hopefully you'll be able to do this, um, you'll be able to ask some questions as we talk through this. We're going to answer some questions, like I said, at the end of today. Uh, we're also going to a- answer some questions tomorrow. We're also going to uh, answer some questions in subsequent weeks as well. Hopefully you all got a booklet as well, uh, one of these nice little booklets. If you haven't, you can grab up one on the way out. Uh, obviously, if you look at page one and two, here, you'll see uh, kind of a picture. There's an article that I wrote. Although, please, um, the number one comment that I've had so far is how long ago was this picture taken? Um, it was a year ago. Uh, no, it was about five or six years. Actually, we took some new pictures today. Although my favorite comment is somebody coming up to me and said, well, the bloom's definitely off your rose. Um, so thanks for that. Uh, that was very, very encouraging to me. Uh, some overflow stuff we're going to talk about in coming weeks. Uh, in about three or four weeks from now, we're going to start a series where we're going to talk about uh, how we're able to do this. The center of your booklet 
Uh, you've got some pictures with a few renderings, a few pictures. We're going to walk through all of these today, but hopefully that will be, be positive. On the next page, we've divided this up into three, what we call three chapters, and uh, you'll be able to talk about that. There's a little bit of legacy language, which again, next week we'll be sharing a lot more about that, also about how you're able to give. This is a QR code about giving. And on the last page, you'll see what we call uh, giving circles. Again, we'll flesh these out in the upcoming weeks, which will be good. But like I said before, there is a QR code and a little website if you're watching online and not able, or you're watching this on your phone or something like that. Uh, you can ask your questions. We will field those questions. We're not going to necessarily answer every single one of them today, but uh, hopefully as we present and as we share, uh, we, will, we will be able to do this. I got this nifty little, uh, little, little pointer. Isn't that cool? And I should use this on Sundays and be like, hey, we need to wake up over there. Um, I think I'm more excited about this than I am about any of this. So, um, so just I don't want to oversell it. If you drove up to the church today, this is the picture that you see. This is the church, uh, the church that you've uh, hopefully come to love, the one that you, that you arrive at on Sunday mornings, maybe during the week as well. The number one comment we get from young families, and some of you in this room have said this to us, a lot of people will say to us, we've driven by that church for a long time. We never expected it to look like this. People also say the church is bigger than we thought it was because you just walk through, especially if you take your kids all the way down to the end of the children's area. But the, but the second comment that we get is this. The outside of this church does not match the inside of this church. We never thought to find this kind of church where we are. Uh, we want to do some updates, and we're going to do some renovations. And the front of the building that you drive up to uh, will look a little different. I just want to kind of walk you through this today, and hopefully I explain this well enough for those people that are watching online. Everything with a dark gray roof here is current building. You may not have known this, but our, our building here consists of actually three different buildings. The worship center where you're sitting is right there. Our offices and some of the other things, the living room is right there. Um, this is where our student room is at the end of this building over here. And this is the children's wing that we built, uh, that we raised money for in 2016 and built in 2017 as well. If you come up to our church, and I know a lot of you don't, to our west entry, the one on the far part, this is the living room would be here. Our flagpole is right here. Uh, we we want to make some changes, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit to update kind of the outside of our building. And if you drive up to the front of our building, this is potentially what our building will look like when we're done with what we're calling chapter one. That the outside of the church will be modernized a little bit. It'll fit a little better with some of the things that they're building around us, like the schools and some of the newer homes as well. For those of you that can read blueprint plans, uh, everything that is in the lighter purple right here is existing buildings. Everything that is in the gray or the dark blue or the dark purple is what we are hoping to build. As you can see from this north entrance right here, the one that most of you come through, there will be a corridor which will be mostly glass, fully enclosed, that will actually connect up these, uh, the, the two new buildings into ultimately what is uh, a new worship center. But I want to take you on a little video tour, if you will, because I think some people really appreciate when you can actually, actually see something. So as you arrive by helicopter uh, and you land, uh, that's ultimately what we, what we want. Um, this is what the front of our building will, uh, will, will probably look like. As you can see, Charlie there in his earlier days, um, I think looking really good. I'm not sure whose truck that is. There's been a lot of debate, but it is a Tundra, just so that you know. Uh, this is a, an idea for the first part of our north entrance, 
if you've ever been here when the doors are open, it really is something. And we're planning on moving those doors uh, onto um, the west side of those. There's the glass corridor running all the way down and ultimately what would be, uh, what would be a new entrance uh, into a new lobby and a new worship center. You can see our sign there just to give you some perspective about where these will, will be. So if you arrive on a Sunday morning in the future, hopefully not too many years from now, uh, you will come into these doors. We realize these doors are facing north. Again, these are renderings, not final plans. So uh, we know people, we're not trying to recreate some of the problems that we've had. But as you can see, you'll come into a lobby area, uh, which is a little bit more industrial, uh, open ceilings, which is what you see with churches. The lobby will be an L-shaped area. There would be an a entry to the worship center on that side and also an entry on this other side. A coffee bar, a welcome area, also some seating areas so that on the evenings that we have um, our groups, there will be some ability for people to, uh, to, to gather some chairs together and have some group activities and some group times as well. Coming and getting your coffee on Sunday mornings, we know how important that is to everybody. Some of you cannot worship Jesus unless you've had a cup of coffee. Um, but you can see some of the spaces here, some of these little common spaces as well. The worship center is not going to be significantly bigger. We're not building something that seats a thousand people because we've all been to those churches. But we are going to try to build something that is wider than it is long, that actually engages people. The reason why we generally built worship centers long and short was because they were cheaper and it cost a little more to raise raise the roof, but something that actually, um, th that actually spreads us around, that we can see each other, that we can engage a little better instead of just being in rows facing one, one direction. Um, a little bit of space behind, behind the back there, and as you see, as we'll pan out here in just a few minutes, you'll kind of be able to get a bird's eye view of the kind of space that we're looking to build, kind of a larger space, some space behind there for our, uh, our backstage and as we pan out a little bit more, you'll see what our lobby potentially will look like, as well as some offices and some common areas over, over on this side. We put the roof back on. Everything in white, obviously, would be, would be a, new, a new structure here as well. Um, just kind of tying these buildings together. Again, we're going to put this QR code up several times so that if you don't have time or if you haven't got the, uh, uh, got the text, you'll be, able to, you'll be able to see this as we go. Chapter 1 is going to be a new facade, what we're calling revitalize. This is the first part of what we're trying to do, that the building, as you drive up, and I realize this includes some of the new building, but as you drive up, the building will look a little different than it does now. Maybe from a different vantage point uh, from the street, from Hollywood Road, it will look a little different. Or if you drive up and you picture it with the sign in the background, uh, that's definitely going to have a different feel as you walk, as you drive up. It's going to be more modern. It's going to match a little bit more closely to what we're, to what we're actually doing. Revitalizing our entryways. Like I said, putting those north doors on the west side, uh, building up some of these things. I noticed that my wife Haley made a little appearance there on the left-hand side in the rendering, which is great. Um, we've decided we're not going to put any plants down. These are just metal renderings because no plants ever survive out here. Um, it's just a, it's a crazy, windy spot. But if you look at the next, uh, the next part, the chapter two, this is the build part that we'll talk about. Uh, this is what will all be, all be new. Obviously, the glass that really goes all the way around from here um, that ties the two buildings 
together. Uh, maybe this is a different vantage point from the front as we're parking our cars and entering in. As you come into the new building, we would love to do a mostly glass front. Natural light is a beautiful thing. Uh, it's wonderful when you go to those offices or those areas that have a lot of windows. Um, just be a really nice, welcoming uh, place. Also allows in a lot of a lot of light. If we move into our lobby area, you kind of get the idea as we scroll through some of these pictures that there's different spaces where we can do different things. Maybe the welcome booth on one side, the coffee bar on the other side. Uh, when we come into the worship center uh, from kind of kind of from the rear on on both sides, uh, there's some just some wonderful space that we're going to be able to use to actually, like I said see more faces, uh, have maybe only to wear the middle section here uh, so that we're not so far back as you can see kind of the aerial view of, of what we're ultimately trying to do here. Uh, and this is what our big plan is for Shift 22. Now, I know you already, some of you already got 50 questions, and that's okay. Like I said, we're just going to pop this up every, every so often here. Uh, I want you to know, we initially wanted to do this in 2021. We wanted it to be called Shift 21. And I don't know if you guys know, but 2019 and 2020 were very transitional years for everybody in the world. And uh, 2021 is when we wanted to do things. We talked to architects in January of 2021. And we uh, misunderestimated, <laughs> as we should say, how long this would take. Uh, they only got us final renderings. And these aren't even the blueprint plans. These are final renderings about three or four weeks ago. And so it's, we've, we've really been on a mad dash to do this. We asked them to write a plan for what would it look like if we put every, everything we wanted on this space. And they came back to us with an initial cost, $8.5 million. And my first response was, absolutely not. That is fiscally irresponsible. That is way too much. We shouldn't do that. In fact, even what they, what they gave us, the cost of the projects that we want to do, they gave us, they said it will cost between two and a half and three and a half million dollars, which I still, I still hope is just incredibly on the high end of the scale. The space that we're talking about, and we'll give you some answers, is about a 16,000 square foot space. And if you have currently built a house and you know the price per square foot of what people are charging, you could not build a 16,000 square foot house for less than this, it'd probably be way more than this. But, but costs are high, and I really hate that. I wish we had had this vision 10 years ago, but my estimation is, is that it probably still would have been a lot for wherever we were living. You know, the funny thing about it is when we talk about money, God never really seems that concerned about how much things cost. Now, I'm not saying that that means that we need to be careless or that we should just throw money in the wind, but we want to do this project in a way that is responsible. And, and so it gives me great pleasure to tell you something. Over the course of the last two to three years, I don't quite remember the date we decided to do this, our leadership gathered together and said, we need to start saving money. And so we have built something that we have called an endowment fund. And in that endowment fund is a little over $340,000 already. Now, I know that there's some change there in 54 cents, and whoever gave that 54 cents, God bless you, we need you, uh, we need a lot of those. Some of you in 2019 and 2020, we gave to a parking lot, and when we do complete a new building, there will be parking that kind of surrounds that building and goes all the way out to the county road. It's, it's rendered on some of the pictures, and so if you watch the video at the end, 
you'll see that it does connect. It was, a, it was almost $60,000 given to a parking lot, and that money is a part of this endowment fund. I want you to know that. But in a, in a few moments, you're going to realize why we shifted gears and why we decided not to do the parking lot at the end of 2019. But let me break up the three chapters for you. The first chapter, chapter one, is revitalize. And this is what we project the cost will be. It'll probably cost about $200,000 to do those things. And what I mean by that is the stoning of the outside, painting the building. Uh, we're going to make some edits in these rooms. And I'm going to talk about that in our student room here in just a few weeks, I think in about three weeks. We realize that that room is never going to be used as a fellowship hall again. And so we are going to create and do some edits to make that a true student worship room. There's also some changes that are coming in our, uh, in our children's ministries. There's some ministries that are emerging between our children's and student ministries. Very exciting things that are happening. And we're going to edit some of the rooms at Storybrooke and Buckingham. For those of you that know, just the two rooms past the check-in, probably in about July of this year, we're going to be making some edits to that room so that a new ministry can emerge. Uh, there's going to be some changes that happen here, and the beautiful part of it is the $200,000 roughly that we estimate it's going to cost to do that. We do not need any money of that from this church because you've already given it. That's a, that's a nice thing. I, I hope that you hear the honor in saying, hey, we're not saying we want to do this project and we have no money. We've tried very hard to be faithful with what we have. Now, I know that chapter two is the big one. That's the number that everybody worries about, the two and a half, the three and a half million dollars that it's going to cost to build and outfit this building. Now, I know that those of you that have bought houses and shared houses, what we are trying very hard to do is not over leverage our church position or put false amount of, uh, you know, uh, of weight on our people. And, and like I said, when we talk about giving in a few weeks, we're going to share with you how we want to do that. But it is only responsible that we have at least 20% towards this project so that we don't have to have a second mortgage and so that we're able to, to keep up with, with a mortgage uh, you know, after we do this project. Which means the big number today is that we need to have pledged and given over the course of the next probably year about $700,000. That's a lot of money. That's a big amount. That's a, a huge commitment. But that's what it'll take before we can break ground and before we can move ahead with this, with this project. The third phase is what we've called revision. And that is where we're going to change the space. We're going to talk a lot about space today. And we're going to talk about why we need space. But in this room right here, this has been our worship center. It was expanded many years ago. And, and we've done about as much as we possibly can in here. Right now, there's about 230 seats in this room. Uh, we can go up to 250 seats in this room, but that's at capacity. Now, the, the one problem that we almost never have in churches is the amount of adults we have. It's always the kids and the students area that's a problem. And so some of you are probably saying immediately, well, we can all fit in here. Uh, th that's not that big a deal. Uh, we'd probably be okay. So why do we need to build a new worship center? I'm going to try to unpack that for you. But when we are done, when, when you in this room drive up to a new church building and go to a new worship center, then this space is up for grabs. Now, I'm going to get in your face a little bit with this, not on purpose. But right here, you've got these, these pillars, right where the lights hang in the middle. You've got these pillars on either side. If we build a new building, what we will do is we will put up a wall right here between the middle. Yes, I know we're going to have to move 
some of the technology forward a little bit. Our sound booth will go away from there, right where AJ and Tiffany are sitting right here. We'll build it over in this corner. Are you, did you wake up there, AJ? You're good? You're with us again? Welcome back. Um, we're going to put some, uh, we're going to probably put two big garage doors back here. Not, it's not going to become a parking garage, don't worry. Big garage doors that allow it. This whole front space probably won't look that different. This will become the worship room. The front part of this will become the worship room for our students. Hopefully one day for middle school and high school as these ministries emerge. The back part of the area where some of you uh, are sitting kind of behind Jesse, uh, kind of that middle row. You know where you are, Shane. You guys, uh, I mean, uh, you guys over there as well. Um, kind of backwards will become a new fellowship hall. We'll put in some good flooring, put up a basketball goal so that our, our kids will have kind of a pseudo gym space. But it's a wonderful gathering place as well. The coffee bar, which is out there, will be slightly expanded, not in a huge way, but it'll be slightly expanded so that it can become a serving room so that if we do have things like the volunteer luncheon or events, if somebody has a smaller funeral or wedding in the front part of this building, there's a place for us to host people. We don't have that space right now. Uh, that, that room back there, the coffee bar, will become a bit of a kitchen. Maybe it's a few, uh, a few double ovens, some microwaves. We, there's already plumbing there. We don't really cook at church. Those days are gone. We cater most things. We might need to heat and serve at most with whatever we do. And so it affords us the opportunity to do those. We believe the cost of that at the end will cost about 55000 and that's going to be after. Uh, that's probably, you know, a while from now. Uh, somebody asked me timelines. I'm going to try to answer this question. It took us a year to get to where we are. My estimation is, is it'll take us about a year to, to gather enough of the funds to be able to start this project. My hope is, is that by January of 2023, that we are starting a build. And the hope is that by January of 2024, we will be moving into a new worship center. So this is going to take some time. We're not going to have this done in three months, even as much as we would like to. But before we talk about why we're doing all this, because I know that that's a valuable question, I want us to look a little bit here and ask this question because we need to be responsible. Why should we build or why should we not build? Because whenever you talk about building, there's always going to be mixed reactions. Some people are going to say, I don't think we should do this. And some people say, say I think we should have done this five years ago. Solomon writes very well. He says, there is a time to tear down and a time to build. There are these rhythms in time, and we have to be, be steady with those things. Sometimes we have to step out in faith, and sometimes we need to step back in faith as well. But I want to warn us first, and uh, warn us in the midst of this. In Luke chapter 12, beginning in verse 16, there is a passage of Scripture that gives us a good warning, and I want us to hear it as well. It says, And Jesus told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yield an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And then I will store my surplus grain. And I will say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you, then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be for whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich towards God. 
Now, I know that this is talking about from an individual perspective, but I think the words of warning are there too. I want to be very clear. This is not a pyramid. We're not building some structure to show people that we've made it or that we've achieved something. We are doing this so that we can allow the kingdom of God to break forth in ways that we are unable to do that where we are right now. I think another parable that we need to pay, pay, pay close attention to is a parable that we all know very well out of Matthew 25, beginning in verse 14, often called the parable of the talents. It says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey. I feel this is for our church. He called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. Also, the one who had two bags of gold gained two more. But the one who had received one went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. The master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many. Come and share in your master's happiness. And the text goes on. The man with two, he, he gets the same response. In verse 24, it says, then the man who had received one bag of gold said, Master, I knew that you're a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seeds. So I was afraid. <laughs> I went out and I hid your gold. Here's what belongs to you. The master said, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put your money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So he took the bag of gold from him and gave it to the one who had ten bags. For whoever has been given more, for whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, need I remind you, the text that comes right after this is a judging scene about the sheep and the goats. I think there's still warning, but inspiration in the midst of this text that says what God gives you, he wants to see you use for his kingdom. I'm very glad to say that we have no room at this church, in this building. That every storeroom has been turned into an office. That, that we're trying to use every nook and cranny to do ministry. It's way better than saying we got a huge building and half the rooms aren't filled. That we have students that every single week are gathering together and learning about the kingdom of God. We have kids that are learning about the kingdom of God. Hopefully we have adults that are doing the same thing. And I believe that where we are, God is saying, I want you to step out in faith a little bit. I know it's scary, but don't worry about it. I'm going to go with you and I'm going to make sure that you're being faithful. And, and you're going to take what I've given you, and you're going to try to turn it into more, not for yourself, but for the kingdom of God. At the bottom of, uh, I believe it's what, page two or page three, it says, shift 22 is our 50-year plan. Uh, I'll be 45 years old in a, in a little while. I know I look 55, so just bear with me. I'm not planning on being here in 50 years. 
if by the grace of God I'm 95 years old, I probably wouldn't have been a pastor for maybe 30 years at that point. Not that I'm ever wanting to stop doing the ministry of God, but there will come a time when someone else will need to leave here. Some of us maybe won't be here in five years or 10 years. Some of us will be here in 50 years. When your children are the leaders of this church, what do you hope that, that they will find, that they will, that they will seek? About eight years ago, when Charlie invited me to come and to do something with this church, God shared a vision with me that is, has taken eight years just to get this far. That, that's a powerful thing. God, in his own time, is doing what he needs to do. Now, I want to be very clear because I think sometimes this comes up when we have conversations about building. Not everybody will go with us. When we built our children's wing in 2016 and 2017, we lost some people. Some people said, we don't want that. We want to be a part of a church that stays small. We want to be a part of a church that, that never gets any bigger than this. And that is not our goal. But if God wants to do that, who are we to stand in the way of? Now, I want you to know something, and this is where I'm going to try to be a little more technical, and hopefully this will make sense. We count everything at this church, not for the sake of counting, but we count everything so that we know where we need to resource our ministry. We do this thing that, that's called trends that uh, Brad puts together every year. And this is just w w what we want to show. This is a, a journey attendance year to date. And you can see all the years on the side there and our totals. You can see very quickly that 2019, we had about 300 adults that were at church on a Sunday morning. We also had about 65 kids and about 22 students. I want to tell you that on our roster, we have way more than that. Just because people don't come every single week doesn't mean that. 2019, uh, 2020 was a, was a tough year. We lost some critical mass there. Some of it because people weren't going to church anymore. Some people decided to move on. Th there were lots of different reasons, and our numbers definitely revealed that. Even though our children's and students numbers didn't fall near as near as big as our adult numbers. 2021, you can see that we are resurging. If I give you the most most recent months, we, tra we track this not only year by year, but also month by month. In December, we kind of noticed some of these trends as well. You can see in 2019, our averages uh, were quite high. We're, we were a church of almost 400 people at that time. Uh, 2020, we kind of took a nosedive, but I think what didn't take a nosedive. And now our numbers are resurging. What do you think 2022 is going to look like? What do you think 2023 is going to look like? We know that this is coming. We know that we have a limited amount of time. Uh, if you walk to our coffee bar, you will see uh, our vision statement, our, our, our mission statement on, on the wall. We want people to encounter Jesus when they come into this place. We want people to engage together through groups and serving and ministry. And we want to empower change and transformation in the lives of our people. Now, I'm going to take a sidebar here, and it might seem like this doesn't make sense, but I want, I want you to understand the way that, that I see church and the way that I believe God has led me to lead this church. There is a difference between evangelism churches and discipleship churches. Now, sometimes we make these more of a tug of war than, than they need to be. I believe that evangelism leads people to conversion, and after conversion, discipleship is what takes over. I think that's the model for Jesus. Jesus called people and said, follow me, and then he made them into disciples. That's the model that we see throughout the New Testament. It wasn't always just 
go to church and be there. I know this next image is a little grainy, and I apologize. It was the best version that I could see about a mega church. It said, where two or 3,000 come together. That's what we think it should be, right? And then you have the small church that says, so you think we should become a mega church, Earl? Tell us your plans. And I think a lot of churches are fighting to be the next mega church. I'm not against churches growing. I'm against why churches grow. Do we want to be a discipleship church or do we want to be an evangelism church? I am strongly on the side that we need to be a discipleship church. It's not just about how many people can we get in one space at one time. It's about how we walk with people in their relationship with God and who they become. I'm far more interested in who you are five years from now being shaped and formed. I'm far more interested in who your children become in this place, who your students become as they step into their own faith than I am with how many kids did we have baptized. Now, I'm not against that, which means our church will never be bigger than the people that the amount of people that we can disciple. At least it won't be while I'm here. If you want to be a mega church, there are tons of celebrity pastors you can have. But if you want to be a church that affects and changes your life, that people that come in that say, this is what I've been looking for, this is what I've been waiting for, I want to take my journey with Christ seriously and look at what God has done for me. Now, one of the things that's going to seem counterproductive is we deliberately put this service at 10 o'clock this week and next week to gather everybody together. Moving forward, for the time being, we are going to reset our church service time to one service at 10 a.m. I know you're going to say immediately, and one of the questions is going to be, we're about to build, and yet you're bringing us all back to one service. When our leadership sat together, we talked about this. There is something powerful about filling up a room together and feeling energy and hearing the word of God and the vision together. Now, we're not opposed. If we get back to those adult numbers pretty quick, we can't. We can't accommodate everybody and accommodate all the kids, but for the near future, we are moving our service time to 10 a.m. I know that that probably displaces our senior saints, which will have their worship time, uh, their, their, their class time before that 10 a.m. service. I know for some of you that like to get home a little earlier, you're going to have to have to sacrifice. For those that, that you know, want to sleep in a little longer, you're going to have to sacrifice. But what it requires is this. It requires greater sacrifice on all of our part and more volunteers. Because let me tell you what the downside of a 10 o'clock service is. People can't go to church and serve at church. Some of you that are back there with our kids or with our students, you're going to miss church. Now, Matt's in the back there, Brad, others have done exceptional that our online is really second to none. But it's a sacrifice to do that. Which means we need more people to step up and say, I will take a week and I will commit to watch it online on Sunday night or on Monday or during the week because I want to be a part of this. I'm willing to sacrifice this once or twice. We're trying to move away from this consumer <laughs> version of church and say, I will be a part of that. I will take my post. I will take my place. And that's something that we're going to do here on, on surveys, which we'll talk about a little bit next week. Uh, some of those surveys we did a few months ago. Um, some of you said we would love to go back to a 10 or a 10.30 service, so you're welcome. Uh, now you need to serve, okay? And I know who said that, so I will be calling you this week. Uh, just kidding. Uh, but, but here are some questions. If you want to ask some questions here, uh, you, you, you can here in just a minute. I'm going to have Brad uh, come on up.
to SurveyMonkey. We can run this live uh, as we as we do this. Um, so if you have some questions, we're gonna we're gonna try to try to answer some. And like I said, um, next week we're gonna we're gonna answer more questions too, and we'll kind of do this over the next um, over the next over the next few weeks. But um, but hopefully we can we can share a little bit more information here. We're not gonna keep you here too long. We're not gonna answer every question. So. Uh, so, so don't worry about it uh, right now. Going to take him a minute. Okay, what are your favorite colors? I want to point out. Uh, now, I realize those of you in the back are going to have a hard time getting to that QR code, but you can also go to SurveyMonkey.com/r/shift22 questions. We've already had a few questions uh, that have been asked, uh, so um, we will start. Even if you're online watching this right now, like I said, go to that um, the link that you see on the screen and you can ask a question even uh, from home. Um, so I'll just start with the first one we got. It says, what will parking look like? I think we... Yeah, yeah we, we built that extension, but when we're full, we're out of parking. Uh, our our staff and other people are generally parking you on can the see Exactly. You can see the connector back there to the uh, to the county road. So eventually, our parking will wrap uh, all the way around our building. Obviously, we need to know where the building is before we uh, navigate parking. And that's also part of not building something too big. Is if you have something huge but people can't park to get in, it sort of defeats the purpose as well. So, uh, trying to trying to uh, kind of unite all the parking that we have would be something to do. Uh, next question: What changes are happening between now and then? Uh, a lot. Uh, no, uh, uh, <laughs> so, some of the changes, listen, um, it's great that we have, that they have their own room and, and we kind of went through some things a year ago, but we're not able to break up our students as much as we, we would like to. We, uh, we would love ideally to have a middle school ministry and a high school ministry. Uh, we feel like sometimes those age gaps for those of you that have kids are very high. That's where this room would be uh, super functional. If we have high school students in here, which we still seat about 100 hundred kids in here, then potentially that could become a middle school student's room as well. Um, also, we can repurpose a lot of the rooms that we currently have um, for, for those things. If we build some common rooms, then the living room really could be, could be poached for something else. We have some other ideas too. Um, but we're trying to walk with our kids through every phase. And as much as it's energetic and wonderful to have 70 kids in the mix, um, sometimes it stops being functional for us to do the kind of discipleship we want to do. So there's going to be a lot of editing of spaces moving forward. Um, you kind of touched on this, but um, so if we're going to one service, what does that look like? Any buildings? Yeah, um, we're not opposed to going back to two services. Um, that's not something that we're not trying to do. But uh, one of the things that I think is important when you do these kinds of things is we need to have some critical mass. Uh, sometimes we need to kind of consolidate a little bit and get together and see who we're doing this with and watch those things grow. Now, the rule of thumb in any kind of uh, worship space is when you're 80% full, you're full. So if we put 250 chairs in here, that means that when we hit 200 people consistently, we are full and we need to go back to two services because we have about 50 rows. 50 people not in here means only one seat open per row. And again, nobody really ever sits on the front. Um, and so, so there are some spaces there. If, if it gets much fuller than this, um, which we hope it does, but we hope people feel the pressure to go, hey, we're ready to branch out and go back to two services. So we've done it successfully for years. 
but this is just a moment of us coming together under the mutual umbrella and vision of what we're doing so that we can ultimately launch out. I remember somebody once said, it's a, it's a small setback for a great comeback, which I think is really where our world is right now, and uh, we want to celebrate that too. Uh, someone said, how many square feet would the new building have? As Sheldon mentioned, it's around 16,000 square feet. If you're curious how much we currently have, it's about 16,000 square feet. So we, we will double in size of space, which is awesome. Um, what is the primary driving factor behind expanding? I think that actually wasn't sent before the presentation. I, I feel like that's probably been answered. Um, oh, this is a great one. Uh, is the pledge a one-time payment or can it be paid over time? Ah, so um, absolutely it's something that can be paid over time. Um, we, we've, we've never, I don't think I've ever done a pledge card uh, as long as I've been at this church, but we decided we were going to do that for this. When we talk about our giving um, in, in the coming days and weeks, I'll just give you an example. Um, when Haley and I decided to give to this, we gave half of it in one lump sum, and we're going to give the rest over the course of this year. So absolutely, we're hoping it's 12 months, it's 18 months. Uh, some people have the ability to give larger sums. Uh, some people would say, hey, I can, I can add a bit, and this is what we do. And like I said, we'll talk more about that uh, during our overflow or giving series, which I believe begins on February 13th. Uh, in a related note, someone thought uh, that this was going to be you mentioning that you were retiring, and they want their money back. So, okay. I have a feeling I know who that's from. LaTanya? Nope. Oh, just <laughs> Not LaTanya. You're dismissed. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for coming. Yeah, thank you for coming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We uh, could do this without. Um, speaking of, of pledge and fundraising, someone wanted to know if, as a church, if we could do some fundraising to raise money as opposed to just pledging to individual people that do some things. Yeah, so we do have some... Um, we have some, some organizations, some local organizations in town that uh, have some grant money that we have access to. Uh, they have given to us, I think, three or four times uh, in, in, in the past. Um, and so this coming week after I've made this presentation to you, I'll be writing a grant, um, and then we will know. They usually do matching grants, so it's not just that they will give us money, uh, but hopefully we will. That's why I think $700,000 is a very reasonable a reasonable ask because there will be probably, I'm hoping, some matching in the midst of that that will help us get uh, to our number a little closer and maybe make us allow us to break ground a few months before we would like to do. But I will be consulting about that as well. Uh, and then another one, obviously they were looking at the renderings and wanted to know with the new worship center what we would need to do for backgrounds. Um, yeah, that's always the one. Uh, I, I will tell you from an architectural standpoint, baptisms that are in the front of your worship center are really tough. As you know, we do the trough. We may keep doing that. If we did build a baptistry, which again, we're not opposed to, uh, it would be maybe off to the side. Uh, that would be a lot easier for us to be able to do that and accommodate those that we're still able to do more things with our stage. It becomes a lighting problem. It becomes a screen problem. Uh, people can't see because it's so far. If it's a wider building, at the very least, if we don't do it the way that we have done it, we will happily put it uh, off to the side, not because we don't think it's important or that we're skirting the issue, but it just functions better with what we want to do instead of it being front and center. Um, it's just a better aesthetic thing. It allows us to do that. That's actually all of the, uh, the questions right now. This, this link will be open, and um, you can continue to ask throughout the week. We will continue to answer questions next week as well. 
So when you leave today, and we're almost done, um, I think Jennifer and I will be at one of the back doors. We're going to hand out pledge cards. What we're asking for you to do is we're not asking you to fill these out and put them in unless God has already laid on your heart, this is how much you need to give or this is what you need to do. I want to encourage you to go home and read the shift booklet. Just read it, okay? Just, just try to see what we're doing. And like I said, that will tie in to what we're talking about in the coming weeks. We want you to pray over these things. You don't have to bring them back today or, tom- or next week. We, we'll give you a few weeks. We're going to be doing a giving series, so you have some time as we explain how we're hoping that you will give to this. Next week, we're going to start off and, and do some, some Q&A as we start. We're going to do some of the Survey Monkey stuff that you answered at the end of 21, asking you questions about what you love and like about this. I'm going to tell you some legacy stories. There's some people that have given already to this and how that ties in to what we hope this project will ultimately ultimately be here at the church. Uh, we, we're going to scroll these probably for the next few weeks. You'll be able to watch the videos of, of these renderings. Um, we're going to try to make these available on our website as well. Um, but when you leave today, uh, like I said, if you have any questions, we would re- really you ask those questions on SurveyMonkey. Or if you're, if you're old school and want to write them down, we would rather answer questions for the good of the entire community. And so I hope that you will, will do that. We hope this is exciting for you. We know that there's some scary bits in here that need to kind of sit down and weigh on us a little bit. But we hope that overall you feel excited by this and say, yes, this is where our church is going. This is what we should be doing. This is how we're going to become what God has destined for us. And so hopefully you will uh, be a partner with us in this. Let me pray for us today. Brad's going to have a few announcements, and then you're going to be uh, going to be free to go. We'll unlock the doors, and you can get out, um, which will be which will be great. Father, thank you, uh, thank you for thank you for entertaining our ideas. Thank you for sharing your heart with us. God, in your Word, it says that uh, when the days come, you will share your vision with your people. And Father, today we pray that that we would get out of the way. Father, that we wouldn't just be enamored with pictures or ideas, but that we, we will see a place where your kingdom can break forth, where we can be salt and light to a world that needs you more than it ever has. Father, we pray that as we judge our own hearts and think about our own sacrifices, Father, would you, would you push us? Would you push us into our into complete discomfort. May you, would you push us out of our comfort zones? Would you change the boundaries? Not, not, because, not because we want you to, but because that's where the kingdom of God resides. May we be greater disciples. May we learn the language of sacrifice. May you encourage us to be a part of this more so than maybe even we think we can. Father, we pray that we will go there together. That this church has always been about us locking arms and walking in the same direction together. Father, we pray that you'd work out the details, the things that we've gotten wrong today, the things that that we've misanswered. We pray that you would make those things clear as we move forward. God, please bless our church. Please please let your your spirit pour out of us. And may we be the church that honors you in everything that we do. I thank you for this church. I pray that as we seek you in the coming months, that you will walk with us help us to find our way. We pray this all through Jesus' name and for his good work.